the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In between the first six seals that are broken on the scroll and the seventh seal, there is chapter seven, which lays out for us the 144,000. Just exactly who they are, what this signifies, will be the subject of our time the rest of this week on Abounding Grace. Join us. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, this is Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, who is continuing our survey of Revelation, a fascinating book with a lot of insight into the end times. We find ourselves in chapter 7 today. It's a moment in time before the seventh seal is broken in the seven seal judgments and just after the sixth. There's a break, if you will, and that is the chapter we've come to today, the 144,000 of Israel sealed. The significance of it is up for discussion today. Join us. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Now, as we come to the seventh chapter of Revelation, it is vitally important what we learned in the very first verses of the book, particularly verse 1 that says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show to his bondservants the things which must soon or shortly take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John. Now, it's important to remember the word communicated or in the King James Version signified, which is actually better pronounced, although it is a mispronunciation, signified. The word communicated means to write in symbols and in figures of speech. So whereas everything in the book of Revelation is infallibly true, it is presented in metaphors and figures of speech and high imagery. We have seen that thus far. So we shouldn't expect the numbers and the things that are described here to be literal because the very first verse in chapter 1 says they are written in symbols and signs and figures of speech. So we are to try and figure out what these figures mean so we can get to the truth of the matter here. Now, how does one decide what these various figures of speech mean? Well, one of the best helps is the old principle. Scripture is the only infallible interpreter of Scripture. So you are to allow the Bible to interpret itself. And as I have said, most of the symbols and figures of speech in the book of Revelation are used somewhere earlier in the Bible, either in the New Testament or in the Old Testament. Therefore, we can use the places where they are used previously to help us understand what they mean in this book. So, as we go along, please keep that in mind. Now, there's some 
thing in particular I want you to notice about the seventh chapter. It answers the last question in verse 17 of chapter 6. And the question asked in Revelation 6 verse 17 is, For the great day of their wrath, that is, God's and the Lamb's, has come. And who is able to stand? Now, we saw last week that the day of the wrath of the Lamb against apostate Israel was in 70 A.D. And the question that chapter 6 ends with is who will be able to stand in 70 A.D. when the Lamb pours out his wrath on apostate Judaism, who were persecutors of the church in the first century? Chapter 7 answers, the sealed of God will stand. On the day of the wrath of the Lamb, when it is poured out on Jerusalem, the likes of which the world had never seen before, 70 A.D., there will be some people still standing, while everyone else will be destroyed. And those who remained standing were those whom God had sealed. Now, what is it to be sealed by God? Well, the idea of a seal has a lot of possible meanings in the Bible. In some places, it means protection from being tempered with. Other times in the Old Testament, a seal is a mark of ownership. Then sometimes it denotes certification of genuine character. So let's see if we can figure out which one of these or even another meaning is connected with this word sealed in our text. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 9. We've seen that so many of these visions in the book of Revelation come from Ezekiel, and we're going to see now that Ezekiel 9 is where the image comes from in Revelation 7. Now I'm going to read the entire ninth chapter of Ezekiel. As I read this, keep in mind, what we have already read in Revelation 7, and you'll see where John gets his imagery. So Ezekiel chapter 9, the entire chapter. Then he cried out in hearing with a loud voice, saying, Draw near, O executioners of the city, each with his destroying weapon in his hand. And of course, the city is Jerusalem. Behold, six men came from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with his shattering weapon in his hand. And among them was a certain man clothed in linen with a writing case at his loins. And they went in and stood before the bronze altar. Then the glory of the God of Israel went up, uh, or otherwise the Holy uh, the Spirit leaving Israel, from the cherub on which it had been, to the threshold of the temple. And he called to the man clothed in linen, at whose loins was, at the, was the writing case. And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, even through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over the abominations which are being committed in the midst, that is, the faithful ones. But to the others, he said, in my hearing, go through the city after him and strike. Do not let your eye have pity and do not spare. Utterly slay old men, young men, maidens, little children and women. 
but do not touch any man on whom is the mark, and you shall start from my sanctuary. So they started with the elders who were before the temple. And he said to them, defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain. Go out. Thus they went out and struck down the people in the city. As they were striking the people and I alone was left, I fell on my face and cried out, saying, Alas, Lord God, are you destroying the, destroying the whole remnant of Israel by pouring out your wrath on Jerusalem? Then he said to me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is very, very great, and the land is filled with blood, and the city is full of perversion. For they say, the Lord has forsaken the land, and the Lord does not see. But as for me, my eye will have no pity, nor will I spare, but I will bring their conduct upon their heads. Then behold, the man clothed in linen, at whose loins was the writing case, reported saying, I have done just as you commanded me. Here we have in Ezekiel a vision about a certain man clothed in linen with a writing case hanging from his belt as the glory cloud of God, which was God's visible pledge of his presence with his people. And that was once over the Holy of Holies, is now moving toward the threshold of the temple and will actually eventually move out of Israel altogether. Because in Ezekiel's day, Israel was apostate. Then the Lord said, I want this man with the white linen and the writing case to go through the city of Jerusalem And everyone that is faithful or everyone who hates what Jerusalem has become, apostate, I want you to put a mark on their foreheads. I do not want you to mark anyone else so that when death starts to fall, the only people that will be saved are those who carry that mark on their forehead. I want you to kill everyone else. Verse 6. Utterly slay old men, young women, maidens, little children, and women, but do not touch any man on whom is the mark. So we see similar language and ideas over in the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation, where judgment is about to fall on Jerusalem. And the only people that will be saved from that judgment are those in verse 2. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God, verse 3, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. So obviously, this sealing of God's servants in Jerusalem on the foreheads of the people in Revelation 7 is a reference to the mark that was placed on the foreheads of the people in the prophecy of Ezekiel. And the effect of the mark and of the sealing was that they would be inaccessible to evil and judgment. That when God's judgment would fall on apostate Jerusalem, as it did on Israel by the Babylonians in 586 B.C., and as it would with the Romans in 70 A.D., those that bear God's mark, those who are sealed of God, can be assured of God's protection and care. 
And even though the rest of the city, because of their sin, will be destroyed, those people with the mark will be inaccessible to evil. The judgment will not fall upon them. Now, this idea of sealing is used doctrinally by Paul in the New Testament. For instance, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us in God, who also sealed us and gave us the spirit in our hearts as a pledge. God seals us by the Holy Spirit, which is God's pledge that we are secure and that when judgment falls upon the wicked, we will not be judged. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance. So you see, throughout Scripture, this idea of being sealed means that you are protected, that you are safe from judgment. When judgment falls on everyone else, it will not fall on you, the sealed of God. So that is the point in the seventh chapter of Revelation. Wherever God's judgment breaks forth, he will seal and preserve his servants until they are placed in his very presence at the end of time. Now remember, these chapters fourteen or 4 through 11 deal with God's judgment on apostate Judaism with the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. <coughs> there will be some people who will survive, and the only people who survived that terrible day were those whom God sealed and protected. Now there's a similar situation in the Old Testament where people were protected who had a mark placed on the threshold of their homes. Remember when the plagues hit, hit Egypt and God was rescuing Israel from Egypt? The only people who survived the plagues, particularly the death of the firstborn, were those who had the mark of blood smeared upon the doorposts of the house. And they were sealed by that mark and thus rendered secure. So even through the situation in 70 AD, where there was such a horrible slaughter, like nothing before and nothing afterwards, nevertheless, the church would be safe and secure. Now notice another thing. The sealing of the church, the protection of the church in 70 AD, and in any other crisis no more raptured her out of the tribulation than did the marking of the elect in doomed Jerusalem. Spare them from the horrors of the siege. In other words, they were sealed when Jerusalem was under siege, but they were not raptured out of the city. They were not sealed, I mean, they were sealed, they were protected, but they were not raptured out. So the idea of the sealing does not imply an escape from the whores. Now let's look at the imagery. 
In verses 1 through 3, you see four winds, an angel from, and an angel from the rising sun. Let's read that again. First three verses of chapter 7. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth so that no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. So two questions here. What are these four winds that come from the four corners of the earth? And who is this angel of the rising sun? Well, first of all, if you turn with me to Jeremiah 49, verse 36, you'll see what the four winds signify. Jeremiah 49, verse 36. I will bring upon Elam the four winds from the four ends of heaven and will scatter them to all of these winds. And there will be no nation to which the outcast of Elam will not go. So the idea of four winds here scattering people is symbolic of divine judgment. So when you have these angels holding back these four winds until everyone who is to be sealed is sealed, you have the sovereign God holding back divine judgment until the time is right and his servants are safe. The angels hold back these winds of judgment until God's people are sealed. Now, who is the angel of the rising sun? Well, throughout the book of Revelation, there are a lot of angels. But there is one angel, so to speak, who stands out above all the rest. And when you read the book of Revelation, you can see that there is this one special angel that stands out who represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, for instance, in the 10th chapter, verse 1. It says, I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire, which should remind you of the description of Jesus in the first chapter of Revelation. So this angel of the rising sun is none other than the Savior and the sealer of his people. The seal is in his hand. He is the one who renders them safe. And notice what it says about him in verse 2. This can only be Christ. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising sun, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels. In other words, he was in control. He was sovereign over these angels. Verse 3. He told them, do not harm anything until we have sealed the bond servants. So the Lord Jesus Christ alone 
is the commander of these angels. And this is the description of no other but Christ. So divine justice is held back on Jerusalem. And Jesus will not bring his justice to bear upon the city until all of his people are safe. Now, in verse 4, we see that there are 144,000 of them that will be sealed. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from every tribe of the sons of Israel. And then in verses 5 through 8, it says 12,000 from this tribe, 12,000 from that tribe, etc. So to whom does the 144,000 refer? Now, we've got to be consistent with our principle of hermeneutic here. We don't all of a sudden try to figure out how this is going to be taken literally because we learned in the first verse of the first chapter that it is written in symbols and figures of speech. So we have got to figure out now what this figure of speech, 144,000, has reference to because remember, they are the only ones who will survive the fall of Jerusalem. They are the only ones who are rendered inaccessible to evil by the Lord Jesus Christ. They are the ones who are protected by him. No one else is sealed. And the ones not sealed will not survive. No one else will escape the judgment that God pours out upon apostate Israel except the 144 so who are these 144,000? Well, they are not ethnic Israel. These 144,000 people are not ethnic, religious, racial Israelites. Because listen, that would bring into the Bible an element of racism that Romans and Galatians both condemn. God does not save anyone because of his or her race. And these are not to be defined or described racially or ethnically because the element of racism is excluded from the gospel, beloved. This 144,000 then must represent the complete number of all of God's redeemed people. They are the only ones who are saved. They are the only ones who are protected when God's judgment falls. Now, how do we know that the 144,000 people represent the church, particularly in the first century? And as we are going to see, the church in every age. Well, the church, as we have seen so many times, is throughout the New Testament and in the book of Revelation described as the new Israel of God. The old Israel of God, because it abandoned its Messiah, was abandoned by God in Christ. It was abandoned by God and he opened the doors of the gospel to the Gentiles. So the new Israel throughout the New Testament is viewed as the true Israel of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. For instance, turn to Revelation chapter 2 verse 9. Revelation chapter 2, verse 9. It says, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. 
So there are counterfeit Jews and there are true Jews. Now, what is a true Jew? A true Jew, according to Romans 2, is someone who is circumcised inwardly. In the last verses of Romans 2, it says, a Jew is not someone who has been physically circumcised, but he is someone who has been circumcised inwardly. He has received the new birth by the Holy Spirit, and they are the true Jews. The false Jews are the ones who have all of the right rituals but they have not given their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 17 of chapter 2. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. In the Old Testament... These were things that were done to Israel. Now they are done to the church of Pergamon. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Mm -hmm.